Thinner Logs is a Chicago-based sketch group that writes comedy grounded in shared true, personal stories about our existence as lifelong nerds. We started your stories to give everyone a chance to do what we do, share their own stories, and foster a more heartfelt, welcoming nerd community. Your Stories is about embracing the weird and obscure in your life and asserting your geekdom with a group that gets your references. And, most importantly, Your Stories is a place to bring people up, not to put anyone down. Hey everybody, my name is Eric Arno, and this is the first Nerdalogs Presents Your Stories podcast of 2015. Uh, appropriately, I guess, we're looking backwards with our yearly annual episode this time, featuring some of our favorite storytellers and music from 2014. Uh, this episode, we'll hear from our friends James D'Amato, Nathan Robert, Kyle Talley, and Mary Z, plus music from not just Dwight Hassler, Claire Friedman, and myself as usual, but also Matt Novak and Jim Snedeker. Uh, guys, it's January. And that means it's the season of Chicago Sketchfest. Uh, once again, the Nerdalogs will be a part of this amazing lineup of comedy folk at Stage 773 on Belmont. Uh, our show is this Saturday, January 10th, 11 p.m. in the Pro Stage. We have a totally brand new piece of narrative sketch comedy for you, entitled The Dark Corners of the Internet, powered by Comcast Triple Play to Xfinity and Beyond. Uh, yes, that's the whole title. And we are really excited to put this up. Uh, tickets are available on chicagosketchfest.com if you want to go. Uh, these things are always a great time, so I highly recommend it. Not just for us, but for everybody there. Uh, we also have a couple of your stories recordings coming up soon. Uh, there is, of course, our usual third Sunday of the month at the Public House Theater, which this month happens to be January 18th at 7 p.m. Uh, this time we're featuring the theme House Rules to celebrate our guests, the House Theater. We're really excited to welcome this great troupe to your stories, and I think you're really going to enjoy what they have planned. A few of us will also be taking a trip up to Milwaukee that Friday, January 16th, as part of the Midwinter Gaming Convention. Uh, we're running a Your Stories show at 10pm for this great event, and we're lining up some really cool guests for you. Uh, if you're around, you should come too. The theme of this show is Role Models, but Roll is spelled with two L's, R-O-L-L, like rolling dice because uh, games yeah you get that joke it's a great pun uh anyway we hope to see you there otherwise uh just stay tuned to our podcast and videos we've got a new talking games with tim and clayton every tuesday a new mbsing with mary beth smith every wednesday and videos pretty much every thursday uh so thanks as always for your support we hope to see you out at something soon and you guys are the best Church. 
bishop like a dog in the shred of your lies. I tell you my sins so you can chop in your knife. Offer me that death, just death. Good God, let me give you my life. If I'm a pagan of the good times, my love is in sunlight. To keep the goddess on my side, she demands sacrifice. Drain the whole sea, get something shiny. The meaty for the main course. That's a fine looking high horse. When you got in the stable, we got a lot of starving people. That looks tasty, that looks plenty. This is hungry work. Take me to church. I worship like a dog in the shrine of your life. I tell you my sins so you can shop in your night. Offer me that death was death. Go, go, let me give you my life. Church, I'll worship like a dog in the shrine of your life. I tell you my sins so you can shop in your night. I believe that death is death. Good God, let me give you my life. No masters or kings with a So that's what's important right now because we're the ones fucking on stage. That uh, on the yeah. fucking stage. Whoa. Yeah. Sorry, Brad. Uh, that was like one of, that one of the strongest that. cases of like an incredible lead single, and the album just did not live up to it. Like that album is like 13 yeah. tracks, in the middle of the road, with like one really strong lead single. Come on, yeah. Hosier, get your shit together. I'll uh, go to you. Yeah, that's which we played his song two years ago. Go figure. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you either have a hit or you have a good album. You, you don't really, I don't know, can't think of someone who's done both too often. Dwight, I mean, come here, buddy. next artist, maybe. <laughs> oh, you know what, good point. What a transition. That is a hell of a transition. <laughs> Dwight, you want to intro this guy? This is yours. Uh, so it, when uh, Eric sent out the email that was like, Let's pick our songs. It was really tough for me because I really did not listen to a lot of new music this year, and I knew that Claire was going to pick that last song. So, um, uh, one of both of my picks are kind of cheating, but uh, uh, so this. Um, How do you figure it's cheating? Well, I mean, because you know he's dead. Uh, it's, it's still new music. I, yeah, I guess. Well, yeah. I mean, he recorded it years Tupac ago. If Tupac can do it, man. <laughs> if Tupac, this isn't Tupac, by the way. Oh. <laughs> it Sorry. is Tupac. Here we go. <laughs> no. Um, uh, so this is uh, Michael Jackson. Love never felt so good. Two, three. 
pestered you on social media to tell us who some of your favorite speakers and stories were from the past year. Thank you very much to those of you who did that. Uh, a lot of the storytellers that we have tonight were people who made that list and we invited them back because we know you like them so much. And the first person to take the stage that honor belongs to is Mr. James D'Amato. James D'Amato! Hey, thanks guys. It's good to see you. I'm now going to look at this screen instead of you. Yeah. Uh, so I, for not not everybody knows, uh, I come from a role playing podcast, and I talk D and D all the time uh, in my normal life. 
most of my days are spent on message boards, talking about role-playing games, or thinking about being on message boards, talking about role-playing <laughs> games, or just playing role-playing games. You guys, I'm a big-ass nerd. Uh, and one of the complaints that I hear all the time about high-level D&D, and comic books for that matter, is that death is meaningless. Uh, which I think is kind of a dumb complaint for a lot of reasons, but the most prominent one is that it's really, really petty. Uh, I get it that nobody's really comfortable with the idea of death, but I think it's crazy to expect and in some cases demand that everyone that you are watching is threatened by death. Uh, it seems like this weird compulsion that people have uh, and they complain about and voice loudly on internet forums all the time. I want these characters to fear death. And I don't believe it, and I won't engage with it unless death is a serious threat. Um, and it seems bizarre that people work so hard to avoid thinking about death in their day-to-day -day lives, but they demand to have it played out for them over and over again in fiction. And it's like an adult mind only wants to have death to have power in fiction. And they cut it out of everything that they have in their day-to-day -day as much as possible. And I think that's to the detriment of finding meaning in what little time that we have. Uh, after the last day of school between fourth and fifth grade, I was sitting on the front steps of my house with my mother and little sister. And I was having one of those moments where the world in front of me felt really big and open. Uh, the last day of school provides a feeling of absolute freedom that I have not felt in any other time in my life. And I think it's because it's the only time that you're ever really done with something. When you leave the fourth grade, everything from that year is gone. You get a new teacher, new books, a new homeroom, a new desk. And because you're a kid, by the end of the summer, you might be an entirely new person. Uh... It's basically a total unburdening. Uh, I was imagining all the trees that I could climb now that I didn't have to worry about goddamn fractions. Uh, when my mom said to me, uh, you're a fifth grader now. Uh, or you're a fourth grader now, Jesus. I should have written that more carefully. And I guess it didn't occur to me when that transition was supposed to happen. Uh, because life as a kid is really, really structured. It's seriously, it's seriously like you're living in a game. A child of your knowledge and experience is level four, but if you learn a year's worth of math, science, literature, and history trivia, you'll gain an extra die of sneak attack. And I, I think the grade system is pretty great. Every year is punctuated by advancement. You very clearly move from one part of life to another, and the context pretty much, uh, the context of pretty much everything that you do as a child is under moving forward. Uh, we make our society reflect what is physically happening to children. Growing up is about growing up. And the annual ritual of advancing reminds you that you are constantly moving forward to the things that you see adults experience that you want, or, you know, maybe not that you want, but that you know is going to become part of your life soon. And it makes a hell of a lot more sense than the adult world. Uh, now, for me at least, time just passes by in a disorganized wave of events overlapping and running into each other. It's like one minute you're flopping down on the new couch that you got for your apartment, and the next you're trying to figure out how to get rid of it because nobody can take it with them. Uh, 
There's no certainty here, and there's no goal that I feel that I'm moving towards. There are things that I want to happen and that I hope will happen. However, I'm not sure how to do those things, and nobody else seems to have figured out that either. Uh, in that moment on the porch, I didn't have too long to think about uh, what it would be like becoming a fourth grader, because I, as I was feeling a little older and a little taller, I remembered that I was going to die. Um, and you know, this occasionally happens, like I'll remember something happy or sad or embarrassing, and that will bring me to now, which can only be followed by then. Uh, and it's that sort of, it's sort of like uh, choking on your thoughts. Like as good as we are at chewing and swallowing, occasionally uh, we hit a misstep and choke and cough for like three minutes as our friends make fun of us. Uh, it's that same sort of thing. As good as we are at avoiding these depressing thoughts, occasionally they'll pop up and they'll take over everything. And all you can think about is the end. And adults, to cope with that, I believe, have removed progression from our lives. Because we know we're not growing up anymore. We're heading towards the end. And... It wasn't long after leaving home that I really stopped celebrating birthdays and holidays and all of the big, exciting annual events are kind of reduced by cynicism. There are a bunch of people who spend a great deal of time telling other people that Christmas is commercial and Thanksgiving is about familial angst and that Halloween isn't the greatest thing in the entire world. Yeah. And I think this all stems from... Uh, from an existential cowardice of wanting to separate yourself from death. These are the sort of people who don't want to confront themselves with the reality of what going through your 26th Christmas actually means. And I don't like these people. They are jaded party poopers, and they have awful opinions on Internet forums. Uh, so to cleanse ourselves of the fear of advancing and to prepare for the new year, I want to create a new annual tradition right here with all of you. So I want you all to take a moment with me to level up. So I want you to think about all the damage you've taken over the year and mark that down. I want you to think about all the lessons that you've learned and add them to your sheets. And I want you to focus on every small victory that you felt over the year that brought you to this moment right now and put them together. Focus them together. And now you all have uncanny dodge. <laughs> <laughs> and I can declare that because I'm a game master. Uh, so mark it off on your character sheets and I will see you all next year. Thank you so much, James. We did not talk about the content of anyone's stories beforehand, but somehow I knew, like, James is going to fucking start it off right. Hell yeah, dude. I wish we had the Final Fantasy victory music right now. Kev, you got that back there? <sighs> what kind of nerdologues are we, anyway? Uh, so, this next gentleman coming to the stage. We met him a couple months ago when we did a, a Weird Your Stories at Black Rock Pub instead of here. Uh, that was a lot of fun. He's a cool dude. He doesn't really like Bruce Springsteen, which we talked about. That broke my heart a little. But you know what? I can forgive, guys. Nobody's perfect. This is Nathan Roberts. I'm going to sit down if that's all right. Yeah, sit down. Yeah, sit 
So the last time I came up here, um, I didn't title my story, which is really weird for me, because normally that's a big thing that I do. And Eric came up with a really good title for it, but uh, this time I'm not giving him that pleasure. <laughs> so this is going to be called, uh, Will You Please Spend New Year's Eve With Me? Each and every year, for the first 26 years of my life, when the last Thursday of November rolled around, I would make the journey to my parents' house in Muskegon, Michigan, to gorge myself on pumpkin pie and store-bought canned cranberries and feign interest in the Lions game, and lately, to see just how much I could get away with drinking before they noticed. Oh, and my nephew. Since I moved to Chicago, that's the one thing that keeps me going back more than anything else, my little seven-year-old nephew. Um, this year, for the first time, I did not go back. Thanks to my latest attempt at a real people's job, and my desire to, at the same time, make a mark in my chosen career field theater, um, there just wasn't time. I ended up getting invited to my Colombian roommate's mother's apartment, eating chocolate caramel turkey and playing Pictionary charades, and spilling red wine all over the white carpet. But that's not the point. <laughs> I think my favorite holiday is New Year's Eve. Um, it resembles all the fun and drinking and friends of St. Patrick's Day, minus Wrigleyville and the overabundance of green, um, with the potential romance of Valentine's, minus the glittering greeting card com uh, corporateness and false expectations. I like the sense of reinvention of starting something new, of trying to make a change, the whole new beginning of it all. Or at least the sense of its possibility, its reality. That is, until we go back to school or work or wherever else, whatever else life with a capital L is a couple days later. There's a saying I've heard, um, that you spend New Year's Eve the same way you're going to spend the rest of the year. In my experience, that has not yet turned out to be true, unless by that you mean drinking. In which case, I don't believe truer words have ever yet been spoken. Uh, last year, I spent New Year's Eve and day uh, much at the time the same way that I would have liked to spend 2014 uh, with my friend M. This year, I will likely spend it like Thanksgiving alone. Grubhub and Hulu is fast becoming the new Chicago holiday tradition for the Bay's household. I, I have someone who I would like to spend the holiday with. But they currently reside five or so states away in a different time zone. So I can't even call her and wish her a happy New Year's, even though I will. But it's either going to be too late, too little too late for her, or too much too soon for me. And that is an impossible decision for someone as indecisive as myself to make. Last year again, I was with my friend, her entire family, and her four-year-old daughter, Willow. We made Thai food and played Cards Against Humanity while drinking champagne. There was no watching the ball drop, no Ryan Seacrest, no big countdown. No midnight kiss, although that one I've become used to. Um, it was 12.10 before anyone even noticed it was a new year, and the only reason for that was because I went to the kitchen for more beer and noodles. It wasn't perfect, but it felt perfect. There had been a moment earlier in the night when I was playing with Willow as her mother was cooking and Bluegrass was playing from the kitchen and I thought to myself that if this was how my life were to end up then, yeah, things really would have turned out to be okay. I felt a sense of belonging, of home, something I hadn't felt in years. 
But that's what I'm talking about. The new year offers a chance to reinvent yourself. It's a time for real reflection, both of things behind and ahead. As a chronic overthinker, it is a time of the year carbon made for me. It's like getting the chance to pack up your past and move on without all the packing and heavy lifting and bribery of friends. Well, maybe some emotional bribery. But I take it as a welcome opportunity to remind myself that nothing in this life is permanent. And sometimes that's a good thing. Um, the other night my friend, my friend, sorry, my friend Ryan told me, uh, that the meaning of love, what it's all about, is having someone who wants to tell you something. And so on December 31st, as hard as it will be for me to only hear a voice, instead of feeling that tangy press of lips, that warmth of embrace, I will make that call. Because I have something I want to tell someone. Happy New Year's. You know what, man? I was going to make a joke about giving that a real stupid title online, and then you had such a sweet, heartfelt ending that I can't do that without looking like a jackass. So you win this round, Nathan. But we'll meet again. All right. Coming to the stage next. Who was here for the Tight Pencils podcast recording like an hour ago? Anybody see that? Yeah. So this gentleman was their guest. He is also our guest. I have been asking him to do your stories since we started. Uh, I knew Matt... So I used to own a comic book store in Lansing, Illinois, uh, starting in 2006, and Matt was a customer of mine, and uh, it has been wonderful to watch him do all these creative, amazing things. Uh, I'm so happy he's up here now. It was a great interview he did with uh, Kevin earlier. You should all check that out when that goes online. For now, Matt's going to do some stuff for us. Matt Novak! Yeah! All right, I'm going to play an original song from this year. And then I'm going to play a Taylor Swift song from this year. Yeah! I have CDs on Kevin's table. I usually don't have the, I'm a, like, guy playing an acoustic guitar thing going on. <laughs> um, there's a lot more instruments on those CDs, so. I don't, yeah, whatever. <laughs>
song called Blank Space. Um, it's like the only song from this year I could play that I really liked. Um, but it's still really good. I don't know, she's going for like that 80s thing and I'm all about it, so it's really cool. <clears throat> Wait, you said you guys know it? (laughs) Nice to meet you where you've been I could show you incredible things Magic, madness, heaven, sin Saw you there and I thought Oh my god, look at that face Mistake, loves a game, wanna play. Hey. Oh, wait, sorry, I'm really bad. Eric knows this. Um, new money, suit and tie. I can read you like a magazine. Ain't it funny? Rumors lie. And I know you heard about me, so hey, let's be friends. I'm dying to see how this one ends. Grab your passport and my hand. I can make the bad guys good for a weekend. So it's gonna be forever. And it's gonna go down in flames. You can tell me when it's over. The high was worth the pain. Got a long list of ex-lovers. They'll tell you I'm insane Cause you know I love the players And you love the game Cause we're young and we're reckless We'll take this way too far It'll leave you breathless Or with a nasty scar Got a long list of ex-lovers They'll tell you I'm insane But I got a blank space, baby And I'll write your name Cherry lips, crystal skies I can show you incredible things Stolen kisses, pretty lies I'm your king You're my king, baby I'm your queen Find out what you want Be that girl for a month Wait, the worst is yet to come Crystal tide I could Tables turn Rose 
rose gardens filled with thorns keep you second guessing like oh my god who is she i get drunk on jealousy you'll come back each time you leave cause dial <laughs> sorry cause darling i'm a night dream death's like a daymare <laughs> forever or it's gonna go down in flames you can tell me when it's over Ooh, if the high was worth the pain got a long list of ex-lovers they'll tell you i'm insane cause you know i love the players and you love the game cause we're young and we're reckless we'll take this way too far it'll leave you breathless your name boys only want love if it's torture don't say i didn't say i didn't warn ya boys only want love if it's torture don't say i didn't say i didn't warn ya cause we're young that up uh, Matt, oh my god thank you so much dude you have you guys have no idea how happy that makes me matt used to play in the back of my shop in a room that was like a third this size maybe so yeah dude things have changed that was god this is fucking cool i love tonight so much thank you matt novak i really fucked that song up false yeah. Uh, that's fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> she really needs this. Yeah. <laughs> she was hurting there. Alright guys, so, uh, this was ten months ago, back in February. Uh, our next guest, uh, wrote some fan fiction that a lot of people really, really liked. And it started off being about Gambit and Wolverine. And it turned into something even more magical. This is Kyle Talley. Yeah! Hello. So, um, I wrote two things, uh, just because Christmas was coming up and I really like Christmas. So I wrote like this kind of eh, thing about Christmas, but I also wrote, um, a continuation of the last fan fiction, uh, with an erotic Christmas twist. <laughs> um, but I wrote it more as like a, like a scene to be filmed. So, uh, I'm going to require some help from some people that I already talked to. So uh, playing the character of Kyle is going to be Chris Crotwell, because I feel like he embodies me pretty well. 
He looks like somebody I ate or something. You know? like, um, and then uh, playing the character of Nate Bechtel will be uh, Dwight. Because I feel like he really embodies what Dwight or what Nate's got going on. So I'm going to back up. I'm going to be reading like the stage directions and they're going to be reading the everything else. So um, we'll see how this goes. <laughs> um, there Kyle sat repping Christmas gifts he had gotten for Nate. A heavy set of weights because Nate works out all the time. And a back, box of magic cards. Just as Kyle, uh, just as Kyle is placing the box of magic cards into their box to be wrapped, the door to his room bursts open, and standing in the door frame was Nate Bechtel, badassly backlit, wearing just a bathrobe. <laughs> what are you doing, nerd? Nate demands. Nothing, I swear. Kyle says meekly. Nothing, huh? Nate picks up the box. Oh, Nate busts, uh, says as he busts into the room, he picks up the box of magic cards. You trying to stop me, nerd? <laughs> Nate demands step. Oh, you trying to, to step me. to me, nerd? <laughs> Nate demands as his robe parts slightly to show his rippling muscles. <laughs> no, Nate, I would never challenge you to a game of magic. You're just too good. No one, not Bentley. Jando or Eric. No one can beat you, Kyle. Kyle says desperately. <laughs> You're the best in the league. Probably the best in the world. You are right, Nate says. <laughs> you would have to be a fool to step to me. I have the heart of the cards. So what's the real reason for these magic, the gathering cards? They were supposed to be a gift for you. Kyle says tenderly. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, little guy. Nate says quietly. I've got a gift for you, too. Nate says as he guides Kyle to his knees. <laughs> it's a mistletoe belt buckle, but I ain't wearing any pants. <laughs> Nate unparts his robe and reveals his giant, almost monster-like erect penis. <laughs> Kyle's eyes widen with desire. God bless us all, everyone. Uh, the camera pulls back to reveal, uh, from the erotic actions to reveal Santa watching from his magic crystal balls. <laughs> Ball. <laughs> uh, he winks to the camera and places his finger to the side of his nose, then blinks out of sight. Uh, then the song from Stardust, which I'm about to play, the end theme to Stardust plays and credits roll. So hold on, because the song's pretty fucking great. And it makes the, it, it really ties it all together. Okay, here we go. And credits roll. Oh, yeah. You like the sky. Kyle Callen. As one. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, you guys should definitely go back and listen to the original uh, fan fiction. Oh my god. Um, the best part about that is that the two people starring in that were in this room. Uh, but oh, yeah, yeah, Nate is here. Nate, do you feel like that was a fair representation? No. <laughs> Nate's lying. It totally was. He's the world's best magic player. Don't fuck with him. You'll hear from Nate later. Okay, guys. Was anyone here at the annual episode last year? Yeah. yeah. So you may remember uh, that someone performed a selection from a musical that she wrote uh, about yeah. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I don't know what she's going to do this year, but that was fucking cool. This is Mary Z. Woo! 
everyone. Uh, sorry, there will be no singing this time around, so sorry to disappoint. Um, I'm also really disappointed because I thought I was going to have the steamiest segment of the evening. <laughs> but you guys topped me. You topped me already. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so the theme is annual. Uh, so I wanted to reflect on one of the most important things I did this year. Um, this year I, uh, created and launched, uh, my first comedy show. Um, it is a sex themed comedy show called Menaja Ha. It is in fact the best name in the entire city. <laughs> Um, and it was something that had been a brainchild of mine for a long time. Um, I consider myself a sex-positive person. Um, if you don't know what that means, it just generally means that it, you're, you believe in this philosophy where you embrace and celebrate sexuality, uh, safe and consensual sexuality uh, amongst adults. Um, so I wanted to create something that was kind of like this sex-positive comedy show. Um, and actually, I would like to acknowledge the Nerdalogs for inspiration. Um, yeah, you guys, right there. Um, I've always considered your stories a very safe place. Um, I've told a lot of stories here that I felt judged at other places, um, but I've never felt judged here. I've always felt very safe, like I can say whatever I wanted to here. Um and I wanted to create another space where people can talk about things um, that are very niche or specific to them that maybe other people don't understand. Um, but instead of, like, Star Trek references, it's, like, three sons and dick jokes. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but after that, that last segment, like, maybe there's not that much difference. <laughs> um Doing this show um, this past year, the Najaha, has been the most satisfying and rewarding artistic experience of my entire life. Um, it's something I'm incredibly proud of, um, and I think I, I think that me and my production team were doing a good thing. Um, in addition to being able to showcase a lot of different artists and I get to try out some material and certain jokes that wouldn't work in other rooms. Uh, running a sex-themed comedy show has other perks. Um, when people find out that you run a sex-themed comedy show, they tell you a lot of their secrets. <laughs> people just feel comfortable opening up to you and telling you parts of their lives that they wouldn't normally tell you. Um, and also, people just kind of come out of the woodwork. Like, I've met a lot of people this year that I didn't know existed last year. Like, I've gotten to meet professional dominatrixes. Um, I've become friends with owners of local sex toy stores. Um, I've met sex educators. Guys, I met my idol this year. I met sex nerd Sandra at the Pleasure Chest. Um, if any of you listen to the Nerdist Industries podcast, I met her and I geeked out on her so much because playing it cool is not a thing that I do. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure she thinks I'm a total weird. Was like, oh my god, you've been such an influence on my life. <laughs> um, but I've just kind of gotten to see a lot of different sides of people, and I've learned a lot about different, um, I guess, like, sexual subcultures, um, like poly, kink, uh, like, genderqueer. Like, if you can think it, there is a subculture for it, <laughs> and I've probably met someone there. Um, 
And so in meeting like all these different types of people, there are a few observations and conclusions that I've come to. Uh, first of all, these people that you might consider like perverts or deviants, uh, they're so human and normal. Um, it's just regular people that are all into these weird things. Um, but also one of the things that, one of the things that I keep coming to in meeting people in all of these different scenes and subcultures is how nerdy they are. Like, I'm not saying that everyone that's in an alternative lifestyle is nerdy or everyone that's nerdy is in an alternative lifestyle, but in the Venn diagram of those two cultures, there is a huge overlap. Um, and I just would like to share some experiences and observations that I've had this past year that would support that thesis. Um, I, uh, I met a really good friend this year um, who's really into, like, rope. Like, he's really into, like, tying people up and, like, suspending them and stuff like that. And I asked him, like, why, like, what is it about that that you like so much? And he said, it kind of reminds me of math. (laughs) (laughs) Which is the nerdiest fucking thing to say about tying up another human being. Um, also, uh, there's, um, in case you guys don't know the lingo, there's something called a munch, which is just generally, like, people uh, that are interested in sexuality and sex positivity, they get together at, like, a bar and a restaurant, they just, like, hang out and get to know each other. Um, even though, like, this is geared towards sexuality, at these munches, I have way more conversations about Doctor Who than sexuality. (laughs) Um... And one week, there weren't that many people at the munch. And that is, I know, it's a weird word. It's like, there weren't that many people at the munch. It's like some weird Stephen Sondheim song or something. <laughs> um, but there weren't that many people. And the reason that there weren't that many people is because it, uh, there was an anime convention going on. So all of the people that would have been at the munch were at the anime convention. Um, also, uh, cosplay? C- come on. Yeah. Uh, you people play a game called Dungeon and Dragons, like subtext. <laughs> um, and also uh, something that was very big with me when I was uh, growing up, and then we all saw is fan fiction. Come on. <laughs> um, and seeing this overlap makes me really happy. Um, I mean, I'm always happy when I see people taking ownership of their sexuality, but I love it when I see nerds taking ownership of their sexuality because it's in the, like, it's in the, uh, you know, social mindset that, like, nerds aren't supposed to be sexual. They're supposed to be these, like, weird, repressed virgins. And, you know, I'm sure we all were at some point. Maybe a few of us still are, and that's fine. Um, but I love seeing that people are kind of going against what society is telling them that they're supposed to be like. Um, I've seen a lot of people at Nerdalogs show uh, espouse the philosophy that being a nerd is not about what you like, but how you like it. So it would make sense to me that when it comes to sex, nerds would form very specific <laughs> obsessions. <laughs> um 
And I just want to say uh, thank you to all of you for listening to me, and thank you to the Nerdalogs for um, in- inspiring pervs like me to do things. Um, and uh, may you here's to a nerdy Christmas and a pervy New Year. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> makes me so happy to hear that like people have gotten something out of this silly thing that we do. Mary, when is Menage a It's the uh, third Tuesday of every month? Uh, is the right? next one is January 8th at Hamburger Mary. There you go. Also, they have pretty good hamburgers there. It's in the name. <laughs> you know it's true. Sweet, guys. Alright, we're going to do one more thing before we take a break. Uh, if you were here last month, uh, I was not here, sadly. You saw my friend Jim fill in for me on guitar. Don't boo Jim. Uh, not only did I go to high school with Jim, and we, we jammed back then uh, fruitlessly, but Jim is also the lead guitar player in Blackened, which is a Metallica cover band so good that their singer actually got to perform on stage with Metallica. That is true. Uh, he's gonna He couldn't sing last month because he was sick, so he's going to make up for that now by doing a couple songs uh, that he liked. Jim Snedeker! Can I move this out of the way? Uh-huh. Last time I felt like I was being blocked off from people. Yeah, man. Gotta make it organic. They gotta feel you. Not literally. <laughs> He's a married man, guys. You just have a second son. Yeah, they were they were here last time. Yeah, you weren't. So they all heard that last time. Alright, this is... Uh, I'm nervous now. Oh, man. Matt messed up. And I look to him for guidance. That's what I don't to do. So, so the first song I'm going to do, I'm not going to tell you what it is, but when I initially thought I really want to do that song solo acoustic, and I thought, you can't do that solo acoustic. That just made me have to do it. So we'll see if you've heard this one. It was, it's pretty good. It's the best video of the year, too, by the way. <clears throat>
shots. Fire up that loud, another round of shots. Fire up that loud, another round of shots. Fire up that loud, another round of shots. Shot, 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 Turn down for one. Mostly listen to like WGCI and stuff and like 92.3 this year because here's my next song. I'm that flight that you get on the international first class seat on my lap, girl, riding comfortable. I know what the girl don't need. New York to Haiti, I got lipstick stamps on my passport, you make it hard to leave, been around the world, don't speak the language, but your booty don't need explaining, only thing I need to understand is when you talk dirty to me, talk dirty to me, talk dirty to me. Dirty to me. Get jazzy on it. You know the words to my songs. No, I buy English. My conversations ain't long, but you know what is. I know what the girl done want. New York to Taiwan. I got lipstick stamps on my passport. Think I need a new one around the world. Don't speak the language, but your booty don't need explaining. Only thing I need to understand is when you talk dirty to me. Talk dirty to me. Talk dirty to me. Talk dirty to me. Uno. Met your friend in Rio Dos. She was all on me though. Trace, we can make Nigel three though. Quattro, two chains. Dos Virginia, close Virginia. Sold out arenas, you can suck my penis. Gilbert Arenas, guns on deck. Chest to chest, tongue on neck. International oral sex. Every picture I take, I pose a threat. I bought a jet, what you expect? Her pussy so good, I bought her a pet. Anyway, every day I'm trying to get to her Gotta save on my phone under big booty Anyway, every day I'm trying to get to her Gotta save on my phone Been around the world, don't speak the language But your booty don't need explaining Only thing I need to understand is When you Talk dirty to me
this has been a Nerdalogs production. For more on the Nerdalogs and our shows, please go to www.nerdalogs.com. Thank you all. Thank you all. I am Grabbot23548X.